What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. I'm not sure if this is what you need to know, Clinton, but I can tell you right now, I can't get Lionel Richie all night long out of my head. It's now officially stuck in my head. I'm singing it nonstop, and it's going to be there for hours to come. I'm not sure anybody needs to know that, but I just wanted to say it. So here she is. It's going to be there all night can long. You, can you feel it? Hey, ho. <clears throat> Laura Romo, at U-N-E-E-Q underscore, follow her so that you can get her Insta Lives when she wants to rant about somebody trying to touch her curly hair. Here she is. What's up, Laura? What up, Cap? I mean, I don't just rant, just putting it out there. <laughs> Anyways, um, you guys know I love supporting women, uh, especially women of color. So shout out to Nia Da Costa, who made history as the first black woman director to top the box office with Candyman, grossing $22.3 million in opening weekend. So I actually haven't seen the movie. I will be honest because I've been kind of busy. I haven't seen it, but it is on my to-do list. But the fact that, A, she's 31 years old. Damn. Yep. Okay, 31. years old. Like, I'm 33. What am I doing with my life? Sorry. I should. <laughs> Sorry. I just dumped myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm just like, whoa. Um, I need to reevaluate my life sometimes when I, when I do my what you need to know because 31 years old. That's amazing. No, she's, she's quite accomplished, and I'm told it's really good. And, you know, for those who don't know, Candyman is like a pretty elite movie in horror story, you know, horror circles. Like, it's not, you don't just remake that movie. And I guess the way that they've adapted it is sort of modern, but at the same time, an homage. So, I, I look, if you're a Candyman fan, I'm told to go see this movie. So, I, I'm glad it's working out for her because that's, that's cool. It's, it's one of the more. It's not that it's underrated, but, like, people are, like, legitimately scared of Candyman. You know what I'm saying? Like, grown adults who, like, didn't want to do the marketing stuff for it because, you know, Greg talked about this. Like, who didn't want to do the marketing stuff for it because they're, like, terrified as kids. Mm. I might be one of them. You know what I'm saying? But I want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man. You know what's funny, though, about what you're saying about being 31? And sometimes when you hear of somebody who's so accomplished and they're so young, I think we all do the same thing. We're all like, oh, man, what am I doing, man? 31 years old and look at this person look how accomplished he or she is uh, even like in sports you know you see a player like Taylor Horton Tucker from the Lakers as an example and you go they say he's 20 years old and you're like man 20 and he's in the NBA or you know you see a baseball player and they just you know flew through right from high school right through the minor leagues and he's already in the major leagues and he's 20 or 19 years old and you're like damn that guy's 20 years old he's not even old enough to buy a beer and the guy is already a superstar in sports I know. It makes you kind of feel like, uh, you know, like, what am I doing? But you're doing great, Laura. Yeah, yeah. I, I would mean, agree. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I think it was just definitely for dramatic effect, right? She's 31. That's great. Oh, She's no. Mine not. was actually for real. No. I Look, I've, I've gotten rid of that notion of yeah. I have to be X amount of years old and be married with a kid and have this crazy successful career everyone has their own timing and i tell that to people all the time it's just your timing will come keep hustling keep grinding and what's meant for you is meant for you like i'm huge on that so yeah it was for dramatic effect but i mean it is a huge accomplishment she's 31 years old there's a lot of people that at 31 have no clue what they want to do so i mean that is amazing and like i said the fact she's a woman She's a black woman, so I support that. I'm always going to support women, and I'm always going to shout them out when I can. Good for you. It's, By the way, I'm 51, really, and I still really, don't know what I want to do, just so you know. 
<laughs> really glad to see her shining like this. And I hope it op- opens the doors for more opportunities for other people, too. Well, it probably will, because, you know, I think about being young and getting jobs that people used to think, wow, he's so young or she's so young to have that job in sports, for example. You know, like when you look at a coach who gets a job like Sean McVay, right, Clinton, you, mm-hmm. you get this job and people are like, that guy's only like 31 years old. And I don't, Greg, do you remember exactly how old McVay was when he got the job with the Rams? 30 or 31, 30. Yeah, something like that, right? Or like when Theo Epstein became the general manager of the Red Sox, people are like, he's a boy wonder. He's an Ivy League guy who understands all the analytics and he's 30 years old. And you're like, damn, dude, these guys are getting these jobs at 30. But I don't know, Clinton, man. I I think that now the world, more so than ever before, is run by younger people. It used to be, you're 50, you've earned your way in, you've taken your time, you know, you finally get your job as a head coach or a GM. Not anymore. I mean, you can you get these jobs now at, in your twenties, believe it or not. Yeah, he uh, he we we were in college at the same time together, so you know that that tracks well for me. Sitting right up here talking to him right now, so it's pretty funny. Yeah, he was the uh, he was like the I don't know like a scout wideout in Miami, Ohio when I was there. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. All right, right yeah. on. All right, so listen, we've been talking about the Dodgers and what happened last night against the Braves. And really, you know, the win against Atlanta while San Francisco loses to Milwaukee. You're talking about, you know, the two top teams in the NL West that are now separated by a game and a half. And you're talking about the top team in the NL Central and the top team in the NL East. So these are playoff caliber series that are going on right now. And last night was a very exciting win especially if you're a Dodger fan. I mean, this is really, really exciting stuff. But Greg Bergman, the ultimate Dodger fan, he's not just thinking about today, tonight, this game. This dude's thinking about the future. So, Greg, we got into a whole conversation before the show started, and Clinton actually brought up what I thought was a really interesting point. Like, dude, there's a lot of excitement about this. Are you sure we want to go here? But I've, you're not the only person that I've heard talk about this today. I've read some people that, are, that have been saying this as well. What are the Dodgers ultimately going to do with Cody Bellinger, who defensively still looks great, offensively complete mess? So jump in. What do you think? So it's just it's interesting just because he is now a platoon player. He is they're actually making him not hit against lefties. So he's a guy that will come in as a defensive replacement at the end of games, and he will play against righties like against Charlie Morton tonight, but. He's making $16 million a year. He's got two years of arbitration left, so he's under control for those two years. But, I I mean, why is he going to give him $16 million again next year? He's got a, he's Scott Boris is his agent. Scott Boris isn't just going to be like, well, he's got the – let's give him $5 million next year because he was so bad this last year. He's going to want his money. So I just don't think you can pay him that type of money when you have other guys that are going to need to be paid. So explain this So for those who sure. aren't understanding. Next year – there's the possibility that, you know, with two years left on what he's got in terms of control with the team, you think to yourself, all right, well, if he's going to perform at this rate but they're still going to demand the same money, why don't we just trade him now as his value is higher? That's the other side of what you're talking about, correct? Yeah, pretty much because you have those two years of control. People want to pull that in. you like, I yes. got him for two years. Okay, but, I mean, I, guess, I think my thing is is that if for so long, the talk about what the Dodgers' strength was was the depth. And then when a guy like Bellinger ends up in a platoon situation, there's not exactly a complaint, but you're worried about it. I mean, like, 
I don't know, man. This is this for me is is a pretty good problem to have. You know, I I don't know. Look, you got to pay a lot of guys, but who knows what the luxury tax is going to be at that point, and who knows how he's going to produce. I I like his bat enough to think that he might be able to find some magic when it counts. He's been there before. It's happened. I'm not writing him off and creating issues with him right now. That's just me. I would love to know what other people think out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. What would you do with Cody Bellinger? So, Greg, you talk about $16 million. Can I just say that in baseball terms, $16 million is not like top-level guy, right? I mean – what, it's what getting is, close. It's not there yet, but no, it is getting close. Well, and just and as it goes, what does Mookie make a year? Uh, Mookie, I think he's somewhere around between. Yeah, but Mookie's 30, a yeah. top two one player. In the <laughs> I league. understand. Mike but, Trout but, missed but basically the whole year, so that yeah. kind of makes Mookie number one. But what I'm saying is, is that you're talking about a guy in Bellinger who's a young player who is still controllable and who is already an MVP and already a World Series champion. All I'm saying is is that it's $16 million a year, by baseball standards, that's not even middle of the road, is it? I mean, I would think that might be like in the, if you're talking about the elite outfielders of Major League Baseball, $16 million is not a lot of money in baseball terms. No, which means it's going to go up next year because he's still under under control. So, and there's also a lot more to it too. Like, let's take a look at what Cody Bellinger has done in the playoffs. He's been awful. Just absolutely terrible in the in the playoffs. He doesn't hit well. He has he doesn't get on base during the playoffs. So it's really he had the NLCS MVP that one year because nobody else could get it, and he made a great diving grab. That's what it was. Ooh, Greg it's, is it's way tr- out on Cody at this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, look, it's tough. I'm. It's very difficult for me because my whole thing with Cody Bellinger has been he had a half of a good season. His MVP year, he was great in the first half, like amazing, like historically great in the first half, and then kind of fell off and was terrible in the playoffs. And he still won the MVP because he was the best player in baseball at the time. But he hasn't been good since that time, and he hasn't really been good. Anywhere else, defensively, he's fantastic. Okay, so let's just pause there for a quick second. Everything you're saying about how he's not good and he and he didn't perform at in the, the plate. postseason. Okay, the I just want to make sure we're talking about offensively. You don't like what he has done, but defensively, he has made spectacular Elite. plays in the postseason. Um, and even wasn't it just this past weekend? He made this incredible catch. He was in center and he's running towards towards right, and he made this spectacular catch. I mean, defensively. He is an elite defensive outfielder. Yes, absolutely. There's but no argument towards that but, whatsoever. But he's got this thing where he's constantly tinkering with his batting stance. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think that. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, though. Plus, plus outfielder on a team that's pretty good and expects to go far. I think it's just a basic valuation of a lot of baseball players out there, Greg. That's worth sixteen million. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's it's weird to think about because you're sort of saying to yourself in your mind, that seems like a lot, but, like, you know, this is how good teams operate. Guys like that get paid that kind of money when they're at that kind of level in terms of where their, um, you know, sort of whatever their, their salary numbers are, just in terms of the overall roster. So, like, yeah, I mean, it might ideally against the numbers not might might not make sense, but for a team like the Dodgers, that's that, – that's money you can spend because that's what you got them for. You know? I mean, listen, man, I'm going to tell you right now, Greg, I, I think at $16 million, at $20 million, I don't think you give up on Cody Bellinger. Not right now. I mean, listen, I, I got it. There is a log jam, if you will, in the outfield now. 
And as long as Mookie Betts is healthy, he's got himself a spot. You've got Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock. But I'm not going to give up on Cody Bellinger yet. He's too good of a defensive player. He has been a good hitter in his career. He's, I don't know if, he, if tinkering is, is like a good thing or a bad thing. You know, if you're Tiger Woods, you're always kind of messing with your swing. You're always trying to get more out of it. I mean, maybe Bellinger has to just decide on a stance and a swing and just roll with it and see what happens and stop messing around with it. But for me, $16 million, this isn't the NFL. There is no salary cap here. You don't have to try and fit him in like a piece of a puzzle. You don't have to worry about all the other guys that you're going to have to sign and all the other money that you're going to have to spend. These are the Dodgers. The Dodgers have more money than anybody. Yeah, they do. It's ballooning, though, man. It is getting pretty. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, I see your point about having to pay other guys, and you're basically just putting a premium on everybody else. You know what I'm saying? You're sort of yes. driving up your own price. And if, you, if one is in the business of relative, relative fiduciary responsibility, then yeah, you might, you know, you might think about it that way, but I don't, I don't think they're looking at it that way, man. I think this guy's a bit of a crowd favorite, you know, in some, in some regards, just because he's kind of, you know, very memeable on the internet and all that. You know, he's got the great flow and he's got makes great catches. I mean, I think that <clears throat> that guy is worth the price of business, I think, for the Dodgers at this point. He, he probably is, and they'll probably stick around with him. And you make a good point. I just, it's just Boy, frustrating to watch him. I'm, I am, no, I'm frustrated watching him night in and night out and swinging at pitches that are three feet outside of the plate. Plate discipline is very poor. It's, it's awful. It's, 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 awful. It's, and it's, and it's one of those things, too, where not to get too wonky on you, Cap, but this is the kind of thing where for baseball guys, like if that's the worst thing going wrong, it feels like everything is much worse than it is. Because if you can't even find the ball in the zone and you're still swinging the pitches out of the zone, there's a recklessness level there that is not very inspiring. So I understand where you're coming from, Greg. Yeah, I mean, when he's and it's it's inside the plate, it's outside the plate. I mean, he's he swings at pitches that have no business at being swung at because pitchers know he's going to swing at it. So it's basically an automatic out. And when he does kind of catch up to one, he catches up to one. But it also the power has gone down tremendously. When he actually yeah. does get a hold of one, it's warning track power. And I, that has a lot to do with his shoulder, which I totally get, where he's not fully healthy yet. But it, they keep saying like, oh, he's coming around, he's coming around, he's coming around. I just keep seeing him either strike out or fly out. They call well, them never a strikes cap. That's what they call them. He swings yeah, a lot of those. I, I'm just going to tell you, Greg. I mean, this year to me, I would, and, and the season's not over yet, so we'll we'll see what kind of impact he may or may not have. But for me, this is a year where he missed a lot of time due to injury, and I could understand where things aren't going well at the plate, and you know. He's swinging at bad pitches. I'll, I'll go there. But, you know, it's like a couple of weeks ago he had two home runs in a game and everybody was like, oh, he's back. He's back. Listen, if I'm, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm not giving up on Cody Bellinger, not at $16 million, not at $20 million. I'm keeping Cody Bellinger. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You want to get in on this conversation. Are you like me and Clinton where you're going, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick around here and see what happens with Bellinger. Or are you like Bergman, where you're like, nope, I'm giving up on the guy, and I don't want to pay him. I'd rather put my money somewhere else. Jump into the conversation, 877-710-3776. All right, time for a check on traffic. And at some point today, Clinton, I would love to talk to you about Cam Newton being cut by the New England Patriots, a shocking development early this morning. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, my God, again. Oh, my God. Lionel Richie all night long again. See what you did, Greg Bergman? Look what you did. Look what know. he did to us, Yates. I can't even hear it. You're just making it up in your head. I don't hear any music at all. You must just be hearing things. Weird. That was just Morales. He's really got the pipes going, doesn't he? He does. He 38 years ago, Lionel ships. Richie... All night long. By the way, back in the day, Lionel Richie had such a great fro. It was long in the back. It was curly. <laughs> it was great. What were you doing when this song dropped? Where were you? Was this the roller rink era? Oh, dude, this is. Uh, I had a, a very similar afro, as a matter of fact. I was rocking parachute pants, like Capizio shoes. I was trying to do like Michael Jackson kind of moonwalking. You know, I mean, I was all into it, man. Okay, all right. I saw Lionel Richie just by the way perform this song on. On a, I don't know, some video, he was at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is a few weeks ago. John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, has a party afterwards, and Lionel Richie performs all night long. All night. That sounds like a blast. I would have loved to be at that. Yo. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Like, <laughs> dude, you booked Lionel Richie for your party? Really? I mean, obviously his tunes are infectious. I think we've been over this. I'm going to tell you something right now for those of you that are just joining us. Clinton and I were having a discussion about what the Dodgers' future is with Cody Bellinger, who's making $16 million this year and is still under team control at least for the next two years, right? I'm thinking to myself, $16 million for a guy who's been an MVP, a World Series champion, and yeah, he's struggling at the plate this year, but he's been hurt for a lot of the year. I'm thinking $16 million is a bargain for Cody Bellinger. And Bergman's making the point, Clinton, that He's done with them. He's completely over Cody Bellinger. I'll tell you right now, people on Twitter are supporting the uh, the other side, which is you don't give up on Cody Bellinger now. What do you say, Clinton? I say let's go to the phones. I thought that's what we were. Do- I thought that's what we were doing. Let's I go. think he's worth the money. All right, here we go. Paul in Whittier, Sedano and Cap. Clinton Yates is in the house. What do you say, Paul? What's up, guys? Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, with Greg. You know, in regards to the money, but. That, you know, you can't give up on Cody, man. That guy's eventually going to come around. You know, he obviously looks a little messed up in the head. You know, he's growing out his hair and he's swinging that pitch in three feet out of the outside of the box. And he just doesn't look comfortable in the pot. But, you know, not, I wouldn't I wouldn't count out. Just lay down a bunt, man. Get get on base. You know, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. You got to do what you got to do. Start squaring around and start yep. making some things happen. You know what I mean? Shorten up, as we like to say. His Shorten swing up, hasn't man. changed you, at all in this process either. I mean, like in terms yeah, of like his, his plate approach. Anyway, good call. Yeah, all right. There you go, Paul. All right, so there's one on you got to keep Bellinger. Although, Greg, he did say he thinks that he's making a lot of money at $16 million. I, I, In baseball terms, I don't think $16 is a whole lot of money given the resume. Here is CP in Hacienda Heights. CP, what's going on? You're on the radio. What's happening? What's going on, Scott and Clint? Big fan, Scott, Clint. All right. But, um, so let's go. So 
you guys, are, you guys are sounding like two two people that aren't Dodger fans. Because if you're a Dodger fan, you've seen they had they tried to have Cody bump for a, a hit the, the the last game, and it's he's already at that point. The Dodgers don't the the Dodgers organization don't trust him. He's not. There's no way that you could be here on the radio in Los Angeles talking about we got to keep a dude who's been batting 184 just in this season alone. And on top of that, like Greg was saying, his postseason numbers are just they're they're just disgusting. So well, at that yes, point, hold on. Great, if, yeah, if I can't be sitting here on the radio in Los Angeles talking about it, what about somebody sitting in Los Angeles actually running the team? Obviously, somebody thinks that he's worth something in terms of his on-the-field play and whatever he may or may not be bringing in the clubhouse. It's a reasonable argument. I'm just saying that at this stage, it's not a problem that you necessarily have to have, and it could possibly sort itself out. This is one of the things I talk about all the time, Greg, which is clubs believing in themselves in terms of their ability to motivate players. It's not all on them. But I still think you got to believe in yourself in terms of your franchise, in terms of being able to get him back to something that is at least going to be worth something to your team, even if it's not what market value is overall. That's what I'm saying. Look, I would love for him to be back to what he was in 2019 when he was with MVP, when he has that swing. He does have a beautiful swing when he actually gets it across. It's just the problem is that it, it's – it's too rare to see at this point. And I'm not totally out on him, like where it's like, I'm done, it's over, get him out of here. It's more so just that I don't need to see him anymore on out there unless he's playing a defensive replacement at the end of the game. Or, I mean, really, yeah. that's about it. Or just, I just need him on the defensive end, and that's it. But that's not worth money to me at this point. Because like the caller was saying, his postseason numbers are Terrible. He said disgusting, actually. Those I are the mean, words yeah. he used. That, that, that was, I mean, that it's was, not he was, wrong. He was very, very, very uh, straightforward. His career, that. and I don't like, we don't have to get too deep into numbers, but his career, batting under 200, and his slug, his OPS is, un, is 630. Like, that's not good. On base plus slugging at 630 is really, really low. Talking slash lines here. I mean, wow. I'll go slash lines. I'm it. trying not wow. to talk slash it. lines, wow. but it's, uh, it's hard it. not to in Getting these situations. Very Clinton, very baseball y. <laughs> what I'm here for. All right. Hey, CP, that's baseball y. Cap right. wonders why he's watching three games a night. It's because we're talking about slash lines in the middle yeah. of the afternoon. Hey, that's, that's a good why. call, CP. You, you keep calling back. By the way, it opens up a line for you 877 710 ESPN, 877 710 3776. Here's Mike in the IE checking in on 710 ESPN. Mike, what do you say about this, man? I'll start off with saying that I was a big Bellinger fan in 2019 and in his rookie year. I believed in him. I thought he was going to be one of the greats, but I'm done with him. $16 million, the way he swings, the way he approaches hitting. You know, the last time I saw him do something good was that extra inning game against San Diego when he shortened up late and he got a blue pit to right field. He never does that. First time he did in a while, but you know, get a feel for it. Hit the ball. Feel what, see what it feels like. Get on base. He's not doing it. And to say that his shoulders hurt, he's swinging out of his butt to try to get it out of the park every time he's at bat. I can't, I can't go with his shoulders hurting him. I, I don't see it. I don't believe it. He's just he's lost it in the head. He great, he's great defense. Sure. Sign him for less. Not $16 million again. That's my point. Fair right. enough. Thanks for the call. We're talking, we're talking bat paths, 
And slash lines. I mean, this is just, this is a dream come true for me, Greg. <laughs> See, I knew you would be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Clinton, the good news so far is we've not gotten to Cam Newton. I, I so desperately want to talk about some Cam Newton, but we got a lot of Dodger fans that want to chime in. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Here's Allie in Marina Del Rey. All right, Allie, what do you say? You sticking with Bellinger or are you done with Bellinger? you got to stick with Belly. The dude's a baller. Um, he's just not helping himself out at the plate. He needs to be a little more patient like Muncy. And if he's not hitting the ball, then he needs to get the pitch count up on the pitcher. Five pitches, nine pitches. Um, they're pitching him high and inside. Then they're going away outside the strike zone. So he needs to realize that. And I don't think he's taking any look at any film or anything to help himself out. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. His plate discipline could help his cause a lot because he would be more useful to the lineup, and you sort of treat that as – I mean, what's he batting right now, Greg? Oh, what, God, 180-something. No, 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 like in the lineup. Oh, he's down to eighth. He's, he's down, down to eighth, eighth so in the what lineup. I'm is that you use him as – you know, if you're thinking about this in the most rose color, with the most rose-colored glasses possible, you say, okay, you're using it sort of a – you know, off, lead off, whatever kind of situation, work the count, figure something out, get on base, and you can try to get advanced so you can get back to the top. But he's just not showing that kind of discipline at the plate, which is which is very bothersome, you know, on a lot of levels. All right, well, Clinton, let me just ask you this real fast. If mm-hmm. What do you do with with him? Because if you he does have two years left of control, which other, obviously other teams like, and you are going to pay all these other guys – doesn't make any sense whatsoever to possibly move him to try and get some value out of him? I think it does. I mean, I think I think it makes a lot of sense to try to move him, but I don't think that you make that decision anytime before these playoffs. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I'm not saying that he's going to pop, pop into crazy form, but, like, you give him a playoff to see if, like, hey, maybe he figures it out. I mean, to me, that's – that's sort of why you, you want to stick with him now because you want to see if the team sees it through, he's going to be able to respond. He's worth that, I would say, at this point. See, to me, he's one of the guys who's one of your core players. And so it kind of reminds me of like this past offseason. Remember when there was all this talk about whether or not Justin Turner was going to come back to the Dodgers? To me, I'm like, that's a no-brainer. Justin Turner is a heart-and-soul leader kind of personality on your team. I think of Bellinger not quite the same way, but he's one of the guys. He's one of your guys that has helped you win eight straight division titles. He's one of the guys that has helped you win a World Series. Like, to me, he is a great defensive player who, I grant you, looks lost at the plate. But I don't want to give up on a young player like this too soon. Do you I don't have, know, man. Do you, he's an Greg, important part of that clubhouse. I, I agree. I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. Do you give any credence to his clubhouse you know, clubhouse presence in terms of what, what he brings to their roster? Because I do. Uh, I mean, I think I, I do believe in that clubhouse presence. Like, that's why I was really upset when Kike Hernandez left. He yeah. actually helped in the playoffs way more than Bellinger ever has with his three home run games and so just sure. big shots. Like, it's same same with Jock Peterson. I was like, oh, man, Jock's gone. A Jock, a Jock, Jocktober was real. He Jocktober was super real. Yeah, it was actually a real thing. That's not Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger doesn't get it done in October. He actually fails in October and consistently. At the plate. At the plate. Yes. No, he's fantastic in the outfield. I, you you got to hit both of those things. So What was it like seeing Jack out there on the field yesterday? It's it was it was kind of it was kind of crazy. I didn't I didn't like seeing him in the Braves uniform. <laughs> in that red, it just didn't, it just Dodger didn't work for me. All yeah. right, listen, if you want to jump in 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 but comment up next. 
a game of would you rather. This game is becoming a bit uncomfortable lately. I like it. And by the way, if you've got a would you rather and you want to call in with it, go for it. 877-710-3776. Would you rather next on Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I got it. Thank you very much, Chris. And look at what happened, Kaplan. You got it to happen. People are calling in with their own would you rather questions. So let's go to Jose in LA. Hola, Jose. All right. So so here's my question. So would you rather only drink smoothies um, of vegetable or fruit? So the only source of intake you have is a fruit and vegetable smoothie for the rest of your life or only eat any type of food you want, but with no water or no liquids? Ooh, <laughs> these are so weird. Ooh, good question. This is Jose. easy for me. I would okay. way rather drink smoothies. This is kind of how I live my life anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I, if I didn't have to spend a bunch, of, like eating is cool because you get to gather with your friends. <laughs> yeah. But like if I knew I could just drink a smoothie or like you know, and for three meals a day, and I could get all the nutrition I need, which is sort of doable. I get it. Do not come after me. Power protein shake Twitter. I do not need that smoke. But I'm just saying that, like, if I knew that I could reasonably do that and get everything, like I do that enough already for breakfast and for like mid morning snack. I have like a vegetable one and I have a like a other one, a protein meal one. So I can make a really really delicious smoothie in many different varieties. But on the other hand. If I ate all this food, anything I wanted to, but I had no liquids, I would feel like I'm going to get dehydrated all the time. So, like, I start to overthink things, and then I got to come back over to the smoothie side. So I'm going smoothie. Like the question, Jose, what do you say, Laura? So I lived on liquids for, like, a month. Yeah. It's not that great. <laughs> but I love my water, man, so I'm going to go smoothie all day every day. I hear you. Yeah. Greg, um, since you didn't ask the question, you want to jump in? Sure, yeah. I, I'm definitely going with the smoothie, too. We're just going to make it all four of us going with the smoothie. Wow. I need the liquid. You need the liquid. We do. All right. I mean, because what if I am eating all this food that I like so much, and then I start to choke? You can't do anything about it. I know. No liquid. Then I'm toast. Yep. Gotta find some friends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo, that's good. I need somebody to Heimlich me. Exactly. All right, so Tony in Inglewood also has a would you rather. What's up, Tony? Hey, how you guys doing? Love the show. Yeah, love your show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I have a question. So, would you rather in baseball hit the game-winning walk-off home run or in basketball hit the game-winning shot? Scott? 
I would rather hit the game-winning walk-off home run. And um, they're both awesome, okay? You didn't give me the choice of, of kicking the game-winning field goal, so I'm going to take the, the hitting, the walk-off home run. I want to trot around the bases. I want to Kirk Gibson this thing. I want to take my time. You know, I might have a dance going into third. I want my team waiting for me at home. I'm hitting the home run all day. I played three sports in high school and never hit a walk-off yam. Definitely hit a walk-off half-quarter in a game. It wasn't in the playoffs, but it was like the game before the end of the regular season. The game didn't count. It was a tie ball game. Had 1.3 left, put it up for half-court, nailed it. My entire team clobbered me. So I'm going to say that just because guess what, Scott? I've done it. Yeah, so been that. there, done that. That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, half-court that's, that's- shot? I mean, it wasn't a heave. I was just, I was the, I was the safety valve inside. Our guy, you know, our, our point guard, Eddie, he was going to peel across the top, and my buddy Reg, he was going to be the down low option, and nobody was there. I had to get it in. I was right there. I took one dribble, put it up. I was like, oh, that's definitely going in, and it did. So, what year are you in high school when this happens? By I was the a way? junior. Yeah. Nice, was, nice, because you get to live the next year as a legend. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we had a pretty fun team, so <laughs> that wasn't going to change it. But that night was tremendous, man. We all went nuts. It was great. Yeah, that's cool, man. All right, Greg Bergman, your chance to jump in here. Would you rather hit a game-winning walk-off home run? Or hit the last second shot in a basketball game. Hitting a baseball is one of the most difficult things to do in the world. So to hit a walk-off home run to win a game, yeah, fully on board with that. <laughs> Laura? Uniform, I would do that all day, every day. I mean, basketball, I love it, favorite sport, but give me the walk-off all day. Had he thrown in or three things or kicked the game-winning field goal, would no, anybody have done that? No, but no. he didn't, nope. though. So. No, he no, I'm didn't. just asking. No, no, no. Just asking if anybody would no, do that. <laughs> no. Probably not, bro. No. Okay. Have you ever well, done that? Yeah. And by the way, my first one was in high school. And um, and let me tell you, that was like a drug for me. Once that happened, I needed more and more and more. It was like the greatest thing that so ever you're, happened. You're, you're rooting for guys to run it into the middle to line it up between, right. <laughs> right. between the hashes at the end of games. That's yeah. what you're rooting for. You're not rooting for end zone shots. Got right. It. That's funny. All right, let's uh, let's move on here, Greg Bergman. Now you're up for Would You Rather. All right, so let's start with Cap. Sure. Would you rather wear one color every day or seven colors every day? I'd probably rather wear one color every day. I'm fine with one color. I don't really mind. You know, I would wear all black all day, every day, no problem. I could wear all gray, all blue. You know what? I could even rock all white if I really had to, although with my stomach issues, there's always the danger. So I don't really want to do that. But but I could wear one color, no problem. I do like being colorful, uh, a.k.a. Sunday swagger in the house. I do like being colorful, but if I had to choose, I'd just go one color. Well, hold on. Have you ever been to an all-white party? Like, is that something that's been in your, been in your life before? Yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. Where, where I need to know where you were and who you were with when you were at an all-white party. Well, I've been to several. Um, several? Fact, oh, yeah. So oh, this yeah. is and on your circuit. Oh, big time. But I will say this. Uh, this past Saturday night, uh, my girlfriend and I went to a, a restaurant that was supposed to be like having a theme of an all-white party, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Uh, and I'm, no, I, that, I'm not doing that. But I've been to several all-white parties, and um, <laughs> yeah, I got a pair. I got Clint, I had I'll go, a feeling. Should I go had break. A what, have you ever been to an all white party? I've been to like one, but like I don't make it a habit of. That, and that's not a knock. I'm just saying that like I'm not at that point in my life where I know enough people that are that interested in that theme. Although I would now that I feel like now that I'm 40, the all white oh, party is far more in play than it ever was before. <laughs> I did go to actually. That's not true. I did go to this thing called Dine en Blanc, which is like 
you know, dinner in white, that big. Have you heard of this, Greg? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know this one. So there's like this thing where it's like sort of a supper club, social club. You sign up for this thing and you're supposed to bring your own picnics and people dress like anywhere from, I don't know, like the all white party down at the bar of the street to like they're going to, I, I don't know, Versailles or something. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all these like differences in how the people approach it. I went for work. That was my way to try to get there. I covered it because I was a columnist in the city, and I was like, oh, I know the girl who runs this thing. Let me definitely get there to see what it's about. So I've been to one really, really fancy one, and that was the one. It was like on the it was on the waterfront of D.C. Anybody Very else? Cool. Anybody else do all-white yeah, parties? I've done them. Uh, yeah, I've um, been to uh, one, maybe. I've done a few because my, you know, when people have their birthdays, they want to do, like, the all-white yacht parties and whatever. So they've done that. Sounds like an idea for a remote, Amanda. Let's get on it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, one color. I'll wear one color. How about you? I'll play? definitely go seven. I mean, obviously, come on. You guys know me. I got seven colors on right now, and I'm sitting in the house, and nobody's even looking at me. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how that one goes. I'm a, I'm a very colorful individual, as they say. Laura? Um, man... If y'all would see the baby pictures my mom had of me when I was little, the <laughs> colorful <laughs> wheel, she just threw it on. So I think if I pulled it off when I was a little kid, I think I'd pull it off now. So I'll do the colorful one. Perfect. All right, we can do one more real fast. All right, go ahead. Uh, Clinton, would you rather shoot hoops with LeBron James or toss a football with Tom Brady? <laughs> Come on, son. I would 100% rather shoot hoops with LeBron James. If for no other reason than I might get to hoop with Bronny James, who is out here balling on people. If you're not familiar with his work, go check it out. Um, yeah, LeBron James is a legend. Tom Brady's just kind of a good quarterback to me. That's, Come that's on. Kinda wow. Really? Tom yeah. Brady's just kind of a good quarterback? I mean, my point is, all he is is a good quarterback. LeBron James is a Hall of Fame legend human being on a lot of levels. So, yeah, I'd rather shoot hoops with him. All right. Um, what do you think I'm going to say? I think Tom you're going to say Tom Brady, yes. I think okay. you're going to say Tom Brady wants to kick field goals with you. That is incorrect. <laughs> that is incorrect, Clinton. I'm going to have Tom Brady hold while I oh. kick field goals. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, but in truth, seriously, if you gave me the choice between catching passes for Tom Brady or shooting hoops with LeBron James, this is not even a question for me. I will shoot hoops with LeBron. I mean, I want to talk to LeBron. I want to pick his brain. I got a million questions I want to ask him. I want to work on my form. Catching passes from Tom Brady doesn't sound so great, um, but shooting with LeBron sounds amazing. So I'm going to shock the world here, and I'm going to tell you shooting with LeBron is my choice. Laura? If y'all can see my face right now. Um, <laughs> She's a bit of a hater. No, it's not even. We discussed this many, many times <laughs> I know, already. it's fun to just say it. But, man, so they're both great. But uh, I think shooting, I guess because basketball is my favorite sport, shooting around with LeBron would be my choice. But catching passes from Tom Brady is not bad either. That one's no. tough. No. So, yeah, LeBron James, let's go. Shoot around. Wow, Very look at you. Man. You should cut that up. No, we're not cutting morales. nothing Yeah, up. mark Whatever. that tape. Mark by the that way, tape. We, have, uh, we have breaking news, by the uh -oh. way, from, um, the Hans from the Handsome Man community. Apparently, ABC is now looking for seniors for their new season of The Bachelor. Ahem, Mr. Kaplan, I believe this is your account, per what you just brought up. Do you happen to know anybody who is eligible? Well, the thing is, 
remember, there's there's got to be a distinction between a senior and a middle-aged person, I think. Okay, we're just going to say that they're going to be above the age of all these meathead dudes they got running around. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Clint, this is a great idea. I've been saying this forever, that the bachelor should do divorcees. The bachelor himself or herself should be a divorcee, and all of the contestants should be divorcees. You want real drama? Forget about all these young girls sniping at each other. You want real-life problems. You know, like, hey, listen, I had to leave. I was going to get a rose, but I had to leave because two of my kids got sick. I had to leave the show. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great idea. Divorcee bachelor and divorcee bachelorette. Okay. Would anyway. you go on that if you could? Um, just for the goof, yes. But I don't really have the need right now. I'm no. very happily involved I'm, in a relationship. Yeah, okay. Very well. Good just answer. So you know. Just so you Good know. answer. <laughs> All right, coming up. Um, I would love to get to this Cam Newton story. I'd actually like to get into some Rams news if we could. And, yeah, we'll get back into the Dodgers. And if you've got to get in, go for it. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. If you want to get on the radio, do your thing. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, my God almighty, Jesus, please. I can't take it again. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) I love it. So good. Greg. Greg, reset it for everybody that's listening. (laughs) Just reset the story of what you guys used to do and why we keep playing Lionel Richie all night long, over and over again, other than the fact that today's the 38-year anniversary of when the song was released. So I, story. Yeah, I just used to have a, a weekly poker game that had people go in and out, and we would play this song from FiestaForever.org, and it is a nine-hour version of this song that just keeps looping itself over and over again without any stopping. So we just wanted to see how long it would take people to realize that this song was still going. And it usually took about 15 to 20 minutes. Hold on, though. I, I realize now that we've skipped a vital part of this, which is how on earth did you ever find Fiesta Forever, John? <laughs> <laughs> like, where did this I can, come from? Okay, so <laughs> I can tell you, actually. I know where it came from. One of my friends, one of my really good friends, his name is John Mankrieger, and he goes Shout to out. yeah, exactly. He goes to uh, Burning Man every year. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> someone at Burning Man had this song playing nonstop all wow. night long and after like <laughs> so what would happen after like the first couple hours you're like oh you're like all right this is fun and then it's like oh come on stop turn it off and then about an hour later you're like oh hey all night long <laughs> you know you keep getting into it and <laughs> he just played phases. it for the entire time wow while at burning man that makes that tracks completely. Like if you know anybody that's been the Burning Man, that's exactly the kind of rando, perhaps drug induced kind of adventure. You know what I I'm mean, saying? Maybe. That goes down. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how you're listening to one song for eight hours if you're sober, but you know, God bless everybody. But I, that's amazing. That makes the story better. You know what I mean? Some <laughs> rando Burning Man bit turns into a poker bit in Calabasas. You know, that's funny. It wasn't Calabasas. I know, I'm joking. It's just funny you're in Calabasas. It is funny you're in Calabasas. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to tell us that this was like when you're in high school 
and you're like 16 years old and you got kind of your dorky buddies coming over, you know, like 16. Why are they dorky style. buddies? Right. I was going to say, man, I wasn't a dork in high school, bro. Well, no, but I mean, listen, I, was I. when I when I played poker in high school, my buddies, they were kind of the dorky dudes. So we were all on the debate team, you know, and I was like the cool guy. <laughs> But but or at least I thought I was. And uh, and so, yeah, we, you know, I kind of look back on it like, yeah, we were kind of dorky guys. Now, by the way, all those dudes are hyper successful. So good for them. But um, I thought you were going to tell me this was like a high school bit you guys played. Nope. Nope. It all came from Burning Man. That's hilarious. All right. Listen, let's get back to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We were having this conversation earlier. There is so much excitement about the Dodgers last night, the win, Mookie's bobblehead night. His mom throws out the first pitch. He hits a bomb home run. He blows a kiss to mom. You know, the home run show early in the game, but the Giants losing and the Dodgers winning. So I want to reset it for everybody. But then we got into this conversation, Clinton Yates, about what do you ultimately do with Cody Bellinger? Because many Dodger fans I see on Twitter are like Bergman. They're ready to sit him down. They say he looks lost and confused at the plate. People are kind of done with their patience when it comes to Bellinger and his offensive game. I still think $16 million is a bargain. I still think you don't give up on this young guy. I think he brings something to the team, to the clubhouse, to the attitude, to the swag of the team. I'm not ready to give up on Cody Bellinger, but many of our callers, Clinton, so far have been. Yeah, no, I mean a lot of people think that it's just not worth it. I think there's a lot of there's a lot more sting than there is than anything. I mean, Greg, I understand your beef. Swinging up balls outside of the strike zone is just a it's it's not good for the eyeball test. Frustrating, you know what I'm saying? It's not good for the eyeball test. So all of that swag and all of that leadership you talk about, well, it doesn't look so great when you're at the plate. So I understand where a lot of people are coming from. All right, let's go to the phones. Here is JP in the PR. PR in this case means Pico Rivera. Yo, JP, you're on the radio. Kaplan here with Yates. Talk to us. What's up, guys? So, yeah, it's not, not Puerto Rico, just to make me get that straight. Um, so, usually, I, I, you know, I like Bergman. He's, he knows his baseball. I, I actually enjoy when he talks baseball, and I know Yates is a baseball guy. And I thought I would agree with him. I can't believe I'm agreeing with, with, with Cap, but I think he, keep giving him, you know, a, a shot. Give him, you know, be patient with Bellinger. I mean, he's an MVP. Give us an MVP season. He's a big part of that clubhouse, a big part of the heartbeat of that team. And I, I'm not ready just to give up on him. I mean, I, I ask you, you the baseball guys, when do you, when have you had an MVP just fall off a cliff? You know, I, I think I think he'll figure it out. Hopefully by the by the playoffs. You know, I'm not saying that he's gonna be MVP form, but I think he can do a lot better than what he's doing now. I'm just not ready to quit on him. Um, there's been a lot of MVP. Good, thanks for the phone call. There's been a reasonable amount of MVPs that have fallen off cliffs, and that's where I think Greg is coming from here, especially when they win that young. I think I mean I'm got an eyeball on this Phillies game right now. Bryce Harper is one of those guys as well. It did not work out as well. Similar situation with injury, but he's returned to be kind of just an above average outfielder. And what I'm saying, Greg, is if you get something in between MVP and what you get now, is that worth the allocation you have for him in terms of your roster slot? I think it is with the glove that he has. Sure, and right now, maybe, and especially with under being under control, I guess the issue is that you're going to have to pay so many of these other guys, and is that guy that's just an above-average outfielder worth the amount of money that, as a Scott Boris client, he's going to demand? Is that worth it to not pay possibly Walker Bueller or Julio Urias or Trey Turner or, you know, whoever else that they want to come up? But hold on. Let me have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. If, if you told me right now 
that Scott Boris was going to negotiate with the Dodgers through arbitration in some way or with an arbitrator, that, that Cody Bellinger was going to get $20 million, right? Do you really think that $20 million to Bellinger means to the Dodgers organizationally? Well, we can't sign Bueller. We can't sign Seager. We won't be able to sign Turner. We won't be able to sign Ordias. I mean, do you really think that money matters to the Dodgers? Because my perception is that it doesn't. Yeah, money does matter to the Dodgers. They are not. They stayed under the luxury tax for four for a couple of years on purpose so that they could go over it. Now there's a lot more to it than just yeah, yeah. We're just going to spend money and throw it all at whoever. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Also, in arbitration, that there's a, like if you are in arbitration, that's where it becomes a problem is because those numbers become public and you're comparing themselves against not just themselves but the rest of the market. Like, there are things to be lost if it gets that far, for sure. I just don't think – it just seems weird to trade to think about trading him at this point before we see one more playoffs. That's that's sort of what I'm giving it as my, my benchmark, Greg. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what mean, we see what we see this playoffs will determine whether or not I think this is the road we go. Sure. And, yeah, what if he, if he comes up and he just all of a sudden is fantastic in the playoffs, then, yeah, this whole conversation changes. I don't need but, to – what my point is is that part of the interruption, I don't think he needs to be fantastic. I think if he gets to an everyday player level, you might get a moment or two out of him. I don't think you're going to see one of these tears where he goes for eight homers or whatever in a series. I, I, I don't think we're going to see that again. But I don't think that that doesn't mean that he can't be productive on this baseball team for – from a morale standpoint, never mind a contributing standpoint, at the plate, forget about it in the field where we know he's a guy. Sure. Okay, if that's who he becomes, if he becomes a guy that just hits, you know, hits 250 in the playoffs, has a couple of home runs, a couple moments here and there, and he's just a, an above average player over the next, you know, couple of years, is it worth the amount of money that he's probably going to go after as a former MVP, as a former um, rookie of the year? There's a lot more to it than just. Than that, and we I know we have to break, so I I got to stop talking. Oh wow! All right, wow! This is a this is like a breaking news situation right here, where they didn't have to shut up me or you, Clinton. It's actually Birdman who had to shut himself up so that we can go to the commercial break. That is unbelievable and unprecedented here on Sedano and Cap. Coming up next, Laura's got what you need to know. We'll find out what we need to know together next on Seven Ten ESPN.